0: Everybody ready? Let's get rolling.
1: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to our boy Christian Cox coming up here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on the Utes. And what they did to the beeves and, of course, going into the game against Arizona State, which now becomes uh, incredibly important. Yeah, uh, ranked teams going head-to-head. You know, it's a good thing they're going to be on the Pac-12 network. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, what, what's the deal with that? Is that one of those deals where the Pac-12 says we've got to put an important game on our network so that people will feel pressure to subscribe or it switch is. or
2: do whatever? So there are a certain amount of games that the Pac-12 network is allowed to um, withhold basically from tier two rights only, I believe. Maybe there's somebody out there. Uh, if I'm wrong on that, uh, correct me. But uh, basically, the Pac-12 network can say, no, that is not eligible for you, Fox, or you, ESPN. We're going to put that on the Pac-12 network. And and this rule kind of was most famous because at the beginning of the run of the Pac-12 because there was a USC-Cal game early in the year that the Pac-12 had reserved for them that everybody thought would get them wide distribution because those two markets were not going to be without their football. ah uh. And it turned out that they were more than willing to go without their football <laughs> and have been for years now when it comes to direct TV. But anyway, that, that's where this rule, I first remember it being applied. But uh, so Big ABC takes uh, the Oregon Washington game, and then the Pac 12 got their choice of the tier two games, and they take Utah Arizona State, which actually makes sense from the Pac 12 network standpoint, but doesn't make sense from an exposure standpoint.
0: Right, right exactly.
2: But that. Does that tell you where the priority is? Uh, Well, but but should the priority be there, I guess, is my, my yeah. point.
0: Well, I, J- Jake, uh, you and I have both uh, switched over to Dish, and so I get the Pac-12 networks now. Um, but on Saturday, uh, P.K. and I, we went over to an establishment and watched the game there, and a lot of you fans there. A lot of Ute fans who
2: can't get those games elsewhere, right? Wait, and I'm just wondering, what kind of establishment are we talking about here? No, just inside. yeah, was there a, was there a big stage, loud music? <laughs> no, no, no. A lot of glitter. But no. we did, we did. We're watching because you, you might want to be. You say like a like a sports bar. It was a sports place. Okay, so and, I'm just and, saying you may want to clear that up. That but all. he
0: was looking one way because we were across the table from each other and our lovely wives were there and he was watching the game on a TV that was different than the one I was watching and all but we were watching the same game and it gave after the first quarter it was like no reason to watch anymore This game's over it was pretty much over it was over it was well in hand, and there was no way Oregon State was going, not with the way the Utes played playing defense. I guess that means the game wasn't over, but against the Utah defense, man, this team is shaping up to be the team we thought it could possibly be. And there were some questions after that USC game.
2: Well, I think it goes to show when they're focused and and come in with a good game plan and doing what they're, you know, coached to do on a right. weekly basis. And the coaches so, are making the right decisions. Right, they're going to be pretty good. Yep. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line lease any handset and get an iPad for 99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now former Uton, our good friend Christian Cox. What's up Christian?
3: What's up, Jake? What's up, Gordon? Who doesn't need an iPad these days?
2: Indeed. Uh, Christian, we are just talking about the game. And Oregon State, their defense is is not terrific. But Utah pretty much played almost their, their perfectly executed game plan.
3: Yeah, it was one of those stars line games. Um, you know, it's kind of a funky, just kind of a funky game, you know, when everything's just going right for you. And you ride that wave and you be grateful that it happens. And once in a blue moon, it, it does. And I think there's plenty of plays we could – go back and isolate but you know there's some key performances from tyler huntley who for me between him and zach moss being the stars of the game but tyler huntley on that fourth and seven to that that pass to nakua instead of taking an easy hey i'm just going to run and get a first down i'm going to throw it over the top get a 21 to 0 lead and a perfectly thrown ball and perfectly executed catch for me that kind of just capped off what that game was and what it was going to be and you know he's so darn efficient he's just really taking the next steps forward and i think this is a repeat conversation of what we talked about before but he's really taking the steps forward and he's got to credit obviously andy ludwig for putting him in the right position but he's the one out there throwing the ball and if you look at how he throws he throws very aggressive tight spiral and some interesting windows He's thrown what I don't know what his pass completion percentage on the year is, but it's got to be over seventy-five percent or seventy-ish. And um, and you know you have that play, and then the other play that just everyone's seeing or talking about—the fact that Zach Moss can break more tackles in the backfield with a stutter-step spin move and make people feel embarrassed, and then house it ninety-one yards, <laughs> and then basically gets benched the whole second half. You know, it was it was a special game and. For me, in my career, as I look back, you know, there was a game. What, you know, if you're a true if you're a true Utah fan, you will know what I'm talking about in two seconds. There was a game before we played against Alabama in 2008. Brian Johnson went on the road against San Diego State, and I think they won 70 to zero or 70 to seven, and um, just had some huge, huge play after play. I think there was two pick sixes. Uh, that the Utah defense came up with and just full, complete game between all three phases. And then I think my year and my senior year, we were on the road against Iowa State. I think we had a big punt, punt return from Shaggy Smithson. We ended up winning like 55 to 14, just one of those all phases, all three came together. And Utah looks really good. And I know I came out very paranoid last week, but Utah's team is, is pretty scary or The Pac-12 is really bad. We don't really know.
0: Let's look on that defensive side, Christian. You uh, made a career uh, playing defense, and uh, Oregon State supposedly had regained some momentum, and they had a quarterback that was hitting a terrific receiver, and there was none of that going on in this game. Utah's defense is absolutely the real deal.
3: Yeah, and I, I think you know we talk about Bradley and I all the time, right? Um, right, and his ability to rat, put, uh, you know rush the passer. But there's two people. Well, we could go on and on about this defense. But this Mika Tafua kid at the left end. If you really watch him, he is disruptive. He is scary and instinctual, and plays really well at that left end position. You look at Leki Fotu. And how he plays. There was a big tackle he had out in space on a on a screenplay. That means he's reading his keys. He's in the backfield, He knows that they let him go, and he's just off to the races. And he tracked down that running back and basically squished him like a bug. And people were the refs were afraid that it was a you know an, an intentional you know injury type hit. But no, these guys are freaks. And then you know you you look at Jalen Johnson who was stuck in press man coverage. And they don't have the type of athletes that USC has, right, at receiver. Pittman and this Hodgkin's kids, like, they're different people. But Jalen played great, and the defense was getting pressure. And, you know, it, it, you know, whether you're looking at it from the front seven perspective or the backside, you know, there was – Blackman had some tackles that he came up in space that were just huge that you don't really look at that caused these fourth down – uh, forcing them to go to go for it on fourth and two. So there's all these little plays. This, this defense is the real thing, and you know they haven't missed a beat. And I think the linebacking core has been terrific too. So it was it was a fun game to watch. But let's be honest, were you not a little bored in the second half? Didn't you flip over to the Florida LSU game to see what was going on? Um, I did, and I'm I'm stoked to see what this Arizona State matchup has this week.
2: Who or what do you credit for Tyler Huntley's season thus far this year? I think he's really made a jump. I mean he's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country, and he's really getting it done. What do you credit that?
3: you know he, for me he's he's always been edgy, right? He's always been you look at his attitude and as a quarterback, you have to be a little you know overzealous or overconfident. you don't call it I hate the word moxie because it's overused, but he has the it factor. We talked about this last week. You know, what Brian Johnson had, what he lacked in abilities that he lost as he went to his senior year, right? He couldn't throw a deep ball anymore. He couldn't put a, a lot of zip on the ball. But he had he had game-winning DNA, and he'd lead us on game-winning drives. And what we're seeing out of Tyler Huntley is not only does he have that it factor, uh, but he has delivery. And he it, just watch how he throws the ball. I'll even compare him. Look at if you watched uh, any of the Tennessee Titans game yesterday, Marcus Mariota has gone backwards. If you watch how he delivers the football, he doesn't throw it downhill. He doesn't throw it with a lot of zip and confidence. And this year, or compare him versus like a uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, or any young QB. And I'm not saying Tyler Huntley's in that category, but I think he's given himself an actual shot that if he keeps playing efficient, efficiently. And well in this pro style type offense, he's under center. Uh, he could he can do really well in the next level. And I think not only is it his attitude and being humble and learning a new playbook, but if you we've talked about this in the beginning, if you know who Andy Ludwig really is, if you know Andy and spend time with him, he's one of the most professional, kind, good people who've been in coaching for so long. You know, he's kind of in his Yoda career. He's in the he's in the tail end of it. Uh, of, you know, he's moved around a lot. He's probably happy to be back in Utah And his comment about, hey, I want to be Kyle's last coordinator. You know, he, he's doing some really good things. And what people don't see, nor do we care about, right, is just fans watching. He's just getting into these sets and he has these little motions that he's actually utilizing, right, where he'll use Vickers in uh, a fly motion and then actually throw a swing pass out to him. But before they throw the swing pass, they've actually looked downfield first to look off a safety to manipulate people. Or sometimes they'll hand that fly sweep off or they'll get him into a running game or with these motions, they'll run what they call just standard power. O. and it's, it's big man football. It's, it's, you know, it's uh, whether it's a backside tackle pulling with a guard or whether it's a center and guard pulling, that's how they're creating these big lanes, these, these, these bigs on bigs. And, that was uh, you know, some of those big plays that they had and just wore down Oregon State so my answer is as long-winded as you get but it's a combination of a really hungry uh, true freshman kid who hasn't had a stable Yoda-like coordinator um, and an Andy Ludwig and Andy's ability to know what he has in Tyler Huntley and maximizing his skill set and Tyler's made great plays with his feet he steps up in the pocket right he's made um the offensive line look good at times and I will say this Oregon State couldn't put pressure on him nor did Washington State and so that's been the difference of you know the SC was in the backfield all day versus these two last teams and I you know I haven't had enough time to go look at Arizona's pass rush and how physical and how big their front four is but I don't know if we'll necessarily see NFL-type players like we did in FC's front four who were getting pressure with just some games with Oxes and Texas's, so it's interesting.
0: You mentioned the Devils there. What's the deal with Arizona State's advantage
3: over the Utes of late? (laughs) I don't know. Let's call it the the PK curse, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Shouldn't we? The only devil inside of the state of Salt Lake City who roots for them but calls our games? No, I'm just teasing, but... um, you know, I, I don't know. I I think early in the conference, uh, Utah's depth got the best of them. Uh, they weren't up to par, but they played some really tight games. I remember on the road they lost in overtime. They lost a game at Rice-Eccles that uh, I think Arizona had some. can't remember the kid's name. They ended up getting drafted by the Bears. They had a really good D-tackle. they made a, a massive play. And I think the last couple games uh, last year down there was a fluke, I thought. Um but Utah somehow seems to slip up and I think I think that's the medication that everyone's, you know, trying to take or avoid these slip up losses. And I think this year, you know, with Arizona State being ranked so high and this freshman Q B who's really dangerous with his feet and having Herm Edwards as the coach as, as the head coach, you know, I don't think they can look past his Arizona State team at all. And the fact that they're I think the money line moved up again today. Is, am I correct? Is it 13 points? 13 and a half, I to think. Me? Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, by that, for me, that's just ludicrous. But who am I? Vegas is always right. So, um, you know, I, I think this 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 goes down as a perfect showdown and a perfect challenge for Utah, right? They went on the road against SC and got embarrassed. And you cannot afford to play at home and get embarrassed. And I think... One of the few games, you know, you you guys know how hard it is to actually sit in stands and watch games with your family. As you do radio, it's almost impossible, right? You're up in the box and things like that. But I was at the Arizona State game. I think it was um, Tyler Huntley's sophomore year that he got hurt in. So I think Tyler has something to prove. I think the Utes have something to prove. And if they play like they have the last couple games, they should take care of business. But I think it's great. It's great for the Pac-12. It's great that they're ranked. And it's going to be a showdown. It's going to be fun.
2: Christian, we love it when you have a chance to come on. We look forward to it. Thank you, as always, my friend.
3: Of course. Bye, Gordon. Bye, Jake. See
2: you. Bye, Christian. Christian Cox, former Ute, right Thanks here on 97.5 on. and 1280 The Zone. Good stuff from Christian, always. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but he, he hit it
0: uh, nail right on the head there. that The Utes are <laughs> – I mean, they're doing what they need to do on offense and on defense. And uh, and special teams. How would you rank their special teams? Mm, not its usual tip top self. Well, it's been pretty hard to uh, to exceed what they've Rip. done in the past, in the recent past. But it's uh, this game really is, is a big one, obviously. Uh, and uh, they, it, I mean, it's like the the youths have to win out, don't they? To do what? I don't know, to, to to ensure that South Division title so that they get a shot at Oregon.
2: Uh, I would agree with you. I, th- I think USC loses at least one more. They did play well against Notre Dame, but I, I, I would bet somebody gets them in conference. So maybe that's the case. Maybe Utah does need to win out to, to get the South. Well, isn't that, I mean. That'd be I, an incredible division race.
0: I know you always accuse me of rooting for whatever is most convenient for me. No, I think you root for the Trojans. No, uh, but uh, but who wants to see the Utes in the Alamo Bowl? I mean, wouldn't it be a lot better going to the Rose Bowl?
2: It would be better in the hierarchy of Pac-12 Bowls, yes. But I even, uh, I just, those two bowls don't compare.
0: So this is the year, man. This is the year the Utes have the team to do it. Now they just have to do it. And they didn't do it against USC. Give them one mulligan, but no more.
2: All right, we're going to get to highlights from Coach Sitake's, uh press conference today. We're going to get to that coming up next. We'll get to highlights from Coach Witts at 530. Don't forget, Ed Davis joins us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. But joining us now in studio, our friend Mike from Any Hour Services. And remind us, Mike, your service area. You guys cover a lot of ground. Yeah, we go from
4: North Ogden down to Nephi and then the Tooele, Grantsville area over to Park City, Heber.
2: Uh, Give us a little hint, um, and I'm hoping that this is low, so keep that in mind, Mike. Two. Uh, What should we keep our thermostat set at this time of year? Ah, um, That depends on what you're trying to accomplish and how much you value. Frosty
4: 65? How much you value the relationship of the other person in the house. Uh, So, yeah, here's the thing. Um, If you are trying to save money, then obviously the lower you set it, the less you're gonna run it, so the less you're gonna spend heating the home. But the function of the furnace is to keep you comfortable. So then, you know, then you gotta find that. What I usually will tell people is find where you're comfortable. And if you wanna try and save a little bit of money, bump it down a couple of degrees and see how you feel with that. Cause you will save money, but, you know, there's usually not a difference of a couple of degrees, degrees between the two people trying to control the the thermostat. You know, that's like it's hey, too, too hot or it's too and cold. About, Mike, what rough. about at night? So usually, because do you spend more reheating everything up again by turning it down too low? Well, I mean, yeah, you don't want to go all the way down to you know sixty degrees. You want to have it at a level where it's it's comfortable, so that when you walk in the house, you're not having to crank it all the way up. Um, but you know, drop it down, you know, five ten degrees when you're not at the house, and then when you come back, you know, with a lot of smart thermostats, you can control it from your phone or if, programming. That's another thing you can do this time of year is actually start redo the programming um, and then have it up during those hours, you know, dinner time to bed. And then usually a, a lot of people will bump it down a little bit during the hours when you're sleeping because you're usually bundled up in bed. You can stay a little bit warmer. And then like 30 minutes before you are your alarm's supposed to go off, you can program the furnace to come back on so you're not waking up to like a freezing cold house um, and you can start getting ready there. But
2: And that's the best way to use it efficiency wise as well. Well, yes and no.
4: Efficiency and how much you spend to heat the house—they're they're two different things. So you can't really change the efficiency of your furnace unless you get a different efficiency furnace. Because efficiency is really—it's usually measured in uh, percentages. So if you've got an eighty percent efficient furnace or ninety or whatever, that percentage is. The efficiency at which you're burning the gas. So let's just take an 80% furnace for example. So if you have an 80% efficient furnace, for every uh, you know therm of gas, 10,000 BTUs you burn, 80% of that is going to go and transfer into heat in the home. 20% of it is just going to escape through mm. the flu. So that's money that you're that you're not capturing, that you're losing. So the higher the efficiency, um, the more money that you spend is going to go directly to heating your home, and that's how you end up with the energy. System. Savings. So ch- setting the thermostat down... It helps you spend less, but it doesn't affect the efficiency of your furnace. Now, well, high you, efficiency furnaces cost more. Uh, up front, they usually do cost mm-hmm. more. Uh, but if you've got somebody that knows what they're doing, uh, you know, a technician that comes out there to show you options, he should be able to do the math. Because once you know how much you pay for gas and electricity and stuff like that, it's a pretty straightforward equation where you can show someone here's how much it costs up front, but they should be able to calculate out here's the lowest cost of operating over the life of the furnace, and you can make an educated decision that way.
2: And we're talking tune-ups today and this is something we should probably do every year, right? Yes, now that
4: is something you can do to improve you can't improve the engineered efficiency of the furnace, but the longer it runs, the more it starts to kind of operate out of spec, you might say. And so when you do have that maintenance done, it does get it closer to that manufacturer's intended efficiency. So you know we're gonna go through the system. There's some cleaning that gets done. If there's some adjustments that we can make to to get it back to, to normal, we will. We have 29 points that we go through to make sure that everything is running safely, efficiently, and just working the way that it should. We document everything we find, we educate you and leave you with a full written report. Normally $99 to have that done, but Zone listeners are going to be able to lock in a $70 savings tonight and get it done for only $29. The only thing, schedule it for whenever it's most convenient for you, but you got to call before the end of the show to lock in that $70 All right, savings.
2: You, you got to call tonight. Call Any Hour Services right now. Save 70 bucks on a 29 point preseason furnace tune up. $99 value, only $29 tonight. Uh, you can schedule it for whenever, but you got to get on the books before 7. 801 443 7400. 801 443 7400. Any Hour Services. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. All right, we'll uh, let you hear the highlights from Coach Sataki coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: This is DJ and PK.
2: In college at San Diego State, a guy texts in, my neighbors of the U's thought about naming their son after Marshall Falk. Thought about it? Why didn't they do it? You're, you're not catching on, Dave. What's their last name? You're just oh, so Oh, yeah, naive you're right. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going for Marshall U. No, no. Oh, no. I got it now.
1: Sorry. My bad.
2: <laughs> you are so freaking naive,
1: Dave. This is why we love
2: you. You're not exactly <laughs> a street smart guy. Marshall U's not that bad. No, no, no. I think it's more the last no, you name. you really like the thunder and herd, do you? Catch
1: DJs PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Want to remind you come join Hanson Scotty on October 15th from noon to 3. They're hanging out with our friends at Sprint, 185 West, 12th Street, Suite C in Ogden. Customers will receive a free liquid screen protector for your Android or Apple device while supplies last. So check them out there, good friends at Sprint. Also want to remind you about our friends at uh, Ken Garf West Valley Ram. The savings are on. Stop by their dealership during Ram Power Days and take advantage of special offers on select new models. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it at West valley ram big thanks to christian cox for jumping on with us in the last segment gordo let's uh let's get to a couple of highlights and we'll get right to it from uh, coach kalani Satake at his press conference today ed davis will be on the show at the top of the five o'clock hour and we'll let you hear from uh, coach witt at five thirty. 30 um, a lot of fixing needs to be done there at byu gordon here is coach sitake on uh, focusing on what to fix first
5: everything i mean I, i'm not going to really share much of what we're doing but we're, we're getting things done this week with the thoughts of, of performing better than what we have the last two weeks i'm not going to blame our players though to be honest with you you normally as a coach if they give you the effort and they're tough we should put them in a position to at least handle the run consistently and that's what we're going to try to get done i'm hands-on with everything so anything that's not functioning well is my fault and so that's how i look at it is hands-on with the offense defense and special teams and we're not performing well so that's on me
2: Okay, so what do you make of
5: Kalani taking
2: the blame? Well, I think ultimately the responsibility does fall with him, uh, whether he really likes it or not, or whether there's excuses or this and that. It, it does not really matter, and I think. Uh, but he is he understands he's pointing that. the
0: finger at himself, and and that's that's interesting. Because that's not something every
2: coach does. No, but it's, it's 100% true. He's the head coach. He's responsible for everything that goes on in that program. So by the sheer job definition, it's 100% his fault. Now, I think some coaches could uh, bend your ear about you know what one person or player or another is doing, but he, it, there, it's really pointless because it doesn't matter. You know, well, Kobe, but it's it,
0: different than like what Mike Leach
2: decided to do after Utah took him to the Which Wilson. I I don't think was a a good idea or appropriate to be honest. It's not the first time Mike Leach has done that. He throws his players under the bus all the time. What what purpose does that serve? You know, it's not like Washington State bounced back last week. They lost Arizona State and didn't look, you know, particularly great. So I mean, is there really a point? Okay, so Kalani's down to his third-string quarterback. He lost his best player on offense. There's been a number of of injuries on defense. He could have mentioned those one by one if he really wanted to, but it doesn't matter. It's not yeah. going to to shift expectations or, or what or the job that he needs to get done or any of that. And so why why go there? Well, what you have to do
0: is find out what's going to motivate your players the most. And you heard some of BYU's players today essentially sticking up for Kalani, saying they're going to work their butts off harder, even harder now, because of the circumstance. And they know what the circumstance is with Kalani, that there is no extension right now.
2: They know all about it. Well, and his staff, uh, you know, they, they have responsibility too because they're butts are on the line as well they got to figure out how to stop the run and he didn't specifically mention that but if i'm coach sataki i'm in every single one of those uh, defensive meetings because they got it they get they're gonna they're gonna lose to boise if they can't stop the run they're gonna lose to utah state if they can't stop the run they're gonna lose to san diego state if they can't stop the run yeah. you got to figure that out and you know there's there's not gonna be a whole lot of patience if they don't because they're not going to win And at this point, I mean, that's all he's got to be focused on. Uh, We talked about third-string quarterback Gordon. Here's uh, Coach Taki talking about Jaron Hall.
5: I mean, I I think that uh, I'm comfortable with the coaching that he's receiving and with his mentality, and I thought he came to the game with a great poise. I mentioned that after the game, and uh, we can work with guys that that have a lot of confidence, and we just need to put him in a position that that are working for his strengths. So whether it's him or Joe or uh, Jaron on the field...
2: Uh, that also, obviously, talking about uh, about Romney and his ability to come in, and they have confidence in him and the decision they made uh, in going with him in relief of Jaron Hall.
0: Thanks for explaining that.
2: Yeah, I needed to. My lead in wasn't uh, <laughs> wasn't terrific. Your
1: producer sucks.
2: You
0: know, but <laughs> think about this for a second. Wait, you mentioned it earlier when you lose your starting quarterback and then you lose your second string quarterback. And we don't know for what the circumstances there, and you lose your number one running back. Those are that's a lot to handle. Now everyone says next man up, all that sort of thing, but but this is. Kalani said uh, it's, it's 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 forcing us to look at our depth, and he said we've talked a lot about the depth. And now it's an opportunity for us to, to to work with certain players and to prove that we do have depth. That's what he was saying. Uh, I don't know if they have depth or not.
2: Well, they lost seemingly, and we'll see long term. Two other guys on the offensive line. Yeah, they were already struggling a bit at that position. Saliopaga went down, and so did uh, Shelf. So, twice. Twice. Yeah, Shelf went down went down twice. So I mean, it's yeah. And depth has always been and always going to be an issue at BYU. So that's hard, but nobody wants to hear it. If you were you to st- list,
0: if you were to list BYU's top three problems right now, you would say number one, stop the run, or
2: oh, lack by of far, doing so. N- number one, two is is depth. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, especially uh, at the most important position, quarterback. Yes, yes. But, but how many teams out there have three quarterbacks ready to go? <laughs> yeah. Very few. Yeah. So, now, Jaron Hall, not likely to play. I'm sure he hit his head, so they're going to be careful with the, the concussion. But you Did hope that come he's on getting... the
0: play when he got uh, right there near uh, – right before Romney came in? Yeah. That, it was when the, he got yeah. hit on that play? Because it didn't look necessarily I – mean, easy for me to say, right? That uh, here, the, the kid's getting rocked back there. But it didn't look like a helmet-to-helmet situation, was it a bounce off the ground? I think he hit the ground. Because it, it yeah. he grabbed his head after that play. He he did. Did. His head bounced harder than I've seen a lot of football okay. players yeah. bounce their head. All right. right. Anyway. well, I we, swear
1: his eyes were looking different ways when he stood up.
0: We, we hope the best for him because nobody likes to see a player have any kind of head injury, that's for sure.
2: Here's Coach talking about if his players are up to turning the season around. They're fighters. They're going to be ready
5: to fight and play. And so they've given us the energy and the effort. And just look forward to making it work. No, no one on this team and no one in this building is going to quit. And we're looking forward to playing a ranked team, coming to our house at home and excited for that moment, and that opportunity. I know this is uh, maybe hard for someone to understand, but I, I love coaching football. If it was only about the good times, then and, and, and it wouldn't be as fun, right? Because uh, I think there's there's uh, the adversity and the times we can learn, build you, and who you are. I've, I've been built on tough times. That's my whole life. You know, so coaching has been the same thing. I, I, I try to learn as much as I can. It's unfortunate that we learn the most when things are going, when things are really hard, you know what I mean? And so I look at this as a learning moment for me and a way to get better as a person and definitely get better as a coach and to love my boys even more than I have before. Uh, these guys are great young men. I enjoy coaching them, love being around them, and they're giving us everything that they, they can give. And uh, it's important that we as coaches do, but do it back in return. So if there's more I can do as a coach, as a head coach and leader, then I'm going to do everything I can. To make sure that they get the best out of me. There
2: you go. Sounds like your coach is under a tremendous amount of pressure. It does. Which he is. He is. Yeah. <laughs> but he loves coaching football. Well, his life is built on tough times, and yep, this these are tough times. So Yeah. I think there will be times when being a head
0: football coach would absolutely suck. Yep. But you can't shy away from it. You gotta tackle it head on. You know, you mm-hmm. just gotta get 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 your team believing again mm-hmm. and they do have those three games that are pretty close to automatic wins and so that's nice to have that in your back pocket moving forward but they've obviously got to get one of those other three too to get to a bowl game and certainly a lot of people thought they might get seven wins and obviously they'd have to get a couple
2: all right coming up next not sports report. ed davis top of the five o'clock hours the big show 97.5 and 1280 in the zone
1: this is Tony Parks and Austin Horton.
2: When I think about Utah going out, performing at a quality level, their focus now is really, really good. They never let their foot off the gas. They are playing with that New Year 6 conference championship type mentality that you want to see them have. I- Utah now, it's, it's one thing to be that team that can play at a high level. It's another thing to do it with regularity, and I get the feeling that Utah is going to be that team. Tyler Huntley 11 for 11 in the first half. There you go, man.
1: He is just Playing the best football he's ever played. And it's at the right time with the right coordinator in the right uh, scenarios for Utah to go out there and I think have a special run the rest of the way. Yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports
2: Network.
3: Busted flat and Ben Rouge
2: Big Show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Man, I love this tune. You know uh, Chris Christofferson wrote this for him? Did he really? I did he know did that. He did indeed. Uh, All right, it is time. It is Monday. That means one thing. It's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 850, and you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers only on the Zone Sports Network. Time for the Knot Sports Port brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory shop online at LHMUSEDCars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? Well, we're
0: going over to Ireland, but before we do that, uh, I want to hit one other item. Uh, I have a neighbor, uh, we have a neighbor, Jake,
2: who has Christmas lights up already. Too soon. Well, putting him up. In general, is too soon, but especially now. We're not even past Halloween, let alone Thanksgiving. Come on. When is the date? Well, when I guess it's okay. I guess you could tip your hat to him though, because he's doing it in the nicer weather.
0: Maybe November is November first the date when it's okay, because you can get in the holiday spirit through Thanksgiving, right? You're see, you're talking to, to the wrong person on because this because you're you're bah humbug.
2: I'm just not into it. I'm not okay. into the decorations. Well, I just not, saw it and I, just thought, not into it. I thought that was
0: a bit premature. All right, well. And then there's this Jake, we cannot play this recording because it had too many uh, too many curse words. Uh huh. But an Irishman had his family play a recording at his funeral that sounded like he was bearing, being buried alive. So this was pre-recorded, and it was played. They were all gathered around the grave, and it sounded like he was knocking on on the coffin, trying to get out. Now, I wanted to get your thoughts on that because, you know, I'm not against putting the fun back in a funeral. Do you think this is fun? I I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't figured it out yet. I don't. But think there's anything fun about this? Do you think this is? I mean, but he he wanted to be. He wanted to to remind all his friends and family that he had a good sense of humor, and he was he was. It's it's obvious that he was dead, but he wanted to play the practical joke on everybody and remind everybody how funny he was mm. in life.
2: Mm. Okay or not? No, not bad move I mean I guess it's it's his you know he can do what he wants it's his final wishes or whatever so I'm sure it, it went down that way but no I'm not, I that would upset me <laughs> that would be shocking wouldn't it? it would upset it would upset me if I were grieving for the loss of a loved one yeah I, I don't think I would find that funny now but he was the one who did it why do you always try to talk me into this stuff? Well, I, mean, I, I, that I, I, make, I know I, know. I'm I listen to you. it. I'm considering it. I'm listening. It. Uh, listen to the story. I,
0: I got gotcha. you. Let's ask Mike because oh, you're man. you're kind of a stick in the mud over there. You have no sense of humor about this. But a man in Ireland, an Irish uh, that guy, had his family play a joke on everyone gathered around the grave, mm-hmm. and it sounded like he was pounding. On the coffin, trying to get out of the grave, and we can't play it because he dropped a bunch of f bombs in there, and we can't obviously include that. What bad form or not?
4: Listening to you tell the story sounds funny, (laughs) but like I, I, I get, I get Jake's point too. Like, I mean, it's, I have a hard time. Like connecting to my emotions, and so I don't know how I would feel if I were like if you were bereaved. grieving the loss. But, but, but of his someone. family signed off on it because it was his his wishes. Sure, and, and maybe you had to know the guy. You know, like <laughs> I, maybe everyone. I would what I would like does it go does it in the story does it tell how people responded? Like was everybody freaking out and being like, Oh, stop, stop, get him, get him. No, I don't think so. Oh, then they probably knew what was up. He sounded <laughs> well, like Well, I a, mean he was probably a practical joke. He sounded like that guy. All right, Mike. Mike, Mike's, what, are you going to pull a shovel out and start digging? If if I thought my dad was still alive that and, be, and they're be burying him, I, really I, yeah. I would raise an eyebrow and I'd be like, "Uh, can we get the backhoe back
0: over here? Didn't I hear a story once that they, they exhumed uh, Martha Washington and the inside of her, her, inside well, of her coffin and that was scratched, scratches on it? That... That's horrible.
4: That's spooky. Is it true? I don't know. I just, I remember episodes of House where like, or some of those medical shows where someone like, they're paralyzed and you're seeing through their eyes and they can't move and tell anyone they're dead. And then all of a sudden. That they're not dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah that was what I meant.
2: <laughs> Speaking well, of, speaking of dead, they got note, a dead furnace out there. Let's uh, let's talk whole home humidifiers, Mike, because you talk about these a lot. Uh, no, it's going to be humid in that coffin. Is this uh, oh, is this man. a big thing? These humidifiers? Uh, yeah, in Utah it is.
4: I mean, we live in high desert. You know, the the dry climate. Um, a lot of homes add uh, humidifiers to the systems. Now there are a lot of uh, track homes that they don't put the humidifiers in because they're trying to save costs up front and. Your system will still perform without the humidifiers, but, I mean, humidifiers, you've got all of the health benefits that come there, but it also is going to... um you, you, you won't have to run your furnace as long because humid air is going to hold heat uh, longer than dry air. And so, if you've got a humidifier, there are a few things you need to do uh, to get it ready for, for winter. One, winter is the time when you want to turn it on. So, go down, kick the thing on. You usually start at around uh, 40 to 45% humidity, and then you adjust it to keep yourself comfortable from there. But the, you want to pop the cover off and check the uh, the humidifier pad to make sure that it's not crusted over with uh, hard water buildup and stuff because you have to replace those every couple of years. And then there's a drain line coming off of the bottom of the humidifier. You want to make sure that that thing isn't plugged up with gunk and clog because with that water coming in, uh, it can drain out the side and you can end up with a little flood down in the basement.
2: All right, we are talking about furnaces today as well. Why is it so important to get this, uh, this service done once you? Well, a lot of people, for them, it's going to be
4: safety. You know, we're, we're burning gas in the basement, and we want to make sure that everything is exhausting properly. So a lot of people want that peace of mind to know that there aren't any safety issues. But in addition to that, uh, the whole time that you're furnace runs, for every hour that it runs, it gets a little bit and a little bit further out of adjustment. So you've got dirt, vibration, voltage fluctuations, temperature swings, and all of those things take it a little bit out of adjustment, like we talked about in the last break. And so when we're out there performing the tune-up, we're really trying to get it back to as close to new as we can with this tune-up so that it runs the way that the manufacturer's intended.
2: All right. And you have a deal uh, for the Zone listeners today. Yeah.
4: You know, manufacturers say, in addition to all the things you do, you should have somebody that knows what they're doing, that have the right tools and gauges to go through your system and make sure that it's running properly. It says it right there in the owner's manual. And we have a 29-point furnace tune-up. Normally, we charge $99 to do that. It's well worth it at that. But Zone listeners are going to be able to get it done for 29 bucks and lock in that $70 savings as long as as they call tonight. Now, uh, we we are an in-demand company, and so our tune-ups are starting to get booked out a little ways, but this is a great time to call and get that done. So, when you're calling in, let them know. If you feel like there's an issue with your furnace, let them know that you think it's not working so that they can bump you up on the schedule a little bit. But if it's going, get it done.
2: Get on that schedule tonight. Call Any Hour Services right now. Save 70 bucks on a 29 point preseason furnace tune up. $99 value, only $29. But you got to call tonight before 7, 801 443 7400. That's 801 443 7400 Any Hour Services. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. Ed Davis joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want.
2: Ever since I got
0: hit by that stingray, I don't like water sports. <laughs> you
5: got hit by a stingray? Yeah. You get hit by everything. Okay.
0: You,
1: you got to tell why you got hit by this. stingray. Right. Where did you get hit? Right on the hand.
0: Right in yeah. the side of the hand, and it, it went in about an inch and a half. He almost got wow. crocodile hunter. Yeah. It was bad. I wanted to
1: pet it. You wanted to pet and it? They, You're kind of like Lenny from Mouse and Men, aren't you? No, no. no. Well, kind of with
0: the a sea creatures. Bit. The <laughs>
1: thing is, they're so fast. They're unassuming. They
0: look at but you're like, hey, I'm here to pet. He blended in with the bottom two. And I think he thought, oh, the dude doesn't see me. And then when I touched him, he's like, he does see me. And then, and then he hit me. He retaliated.
1: Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. <laughs> Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.